Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Matthew chapter 14, I'm reading beginning with verse 22. Immediately, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. You need to be careful what you ask Jesus for. (laughs) He he might give it to you. (laughs) Come to the water. And when Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they had got into the boat, the wind ceased. I want to talk to you today about this message that I have newly entitled, The Trouble with Following Jesus. The Trouble with Following Jesus. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your blessings, your goodness, and the Spirit of God that we feel in this place today, this auditorium. I pray that you will touch every one of us that are here today. And if there are people watching us online, Lord, I pray that you'll let them feel the wonderful presence that we feel, that whenever two or three are gathered together in your name, you're in our midst. And I pray that you'll touch, touch our hearts and open our ears and our understanding and let us hear the word of the Lord today in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said amen. amen. Incidentally, Jameson, very good call on the acoustic drum today. They were doing music practice, and uh, Alex was over here on the drum set, and Jameson all of a sudden said, I got an idea. Grab that acoustic drum, come on over. I thought it sounded real good. It was just kind of different and fun, wasn't it? <laughs> Amen. All right, so I want to just point out something. This is a very familiar story to all of us, and that is uh, Peter walking on the water. We've all heard that story. We all know about that story. I want to tell you what preceded that story, and what preceded that story was a supernatural happening in the life of these apostles and in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus. Because just prior to Jesus sending them into the boat to go over to the other side and wait for him is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. How many of you are familiar with the story of Jesus feeding 5,000? Okay, most people here are familiar with that story. How many of you know that that story is not biblical? This feeding of the five. How many of you know that story is not in the Bible? (laughs) We call it the feeding of the 5,000, but if you read carefully, you will see that the Bible says Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children. 
And so historians tell us that actually he probably fed anywhere from 12 to 15 to upwards to 20,000 people. All right? We call it feeding the 5,000 because they're referring to men, but we're not sexist, are we? They only cared about the men. We care about everybody, right? Men, women, children, black, brown, white, yellow, red. We don't care. If you're a soul, you count. Praise God. All right. But they counted just the men. There were 5,000 of them. I think it's Matthew or maybe it's Mark. One of them tells us that there were 5,000 men plus the women and children. And so they tell us that there were upwards to 20,000 people that Jesus fed on a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish. And I don't have the story straight in my head. I can't remember. There were a couple of different times that he fed people. I don't remember if this was five loaves and two fish or three fish and four. I don't know. It wasn't much. It wasn't a lot of food, and it was a lot of people. And Jesus said, hey, listen, uh, we need to feed these people. And the apostles said, send them away so they can go get food. He said, no, they're too weak. We've been out here all day. They'll faint on the way home. You feed them. They said, we ain't got nothing to feed them with. How many feel like you don't have anything to offer this world? You've got something to offer if you know Jesus. Jesus said, you feed them. They said, we don't have enough food. He said, what do you have? They said, well, we got a cup. There's a little boy here. He's got a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish. But what is that among 20,000 people? Jesus said, that's plenty. What do I have to offer? I, I don't have any talents. I can only do this. I can only do that. That's plenty. You got plenty to do something for God. You do. Every one of us do. Praise God. So they started feeding them. I also want to point out that Jesus did not do the feeding. He said, you feed them. And they started, he blessed the bread and the fish, but they started passing it out. Do you know when they got done passing it out and everybody fed and everybody was full, do you know they had 12 basketfuls left over? They had more left over than when they started after they all ate. They had more left. That's the way Jesus is. He always leaves us better than the way he found us. In fact, there's plenty to go around. There's plenty to transform your life. There's plenty to make a difference. All right? So at any rate, they, feed these, they watch this powerful miracle take place. A 15, up to 15 to 20,000 people get fed with a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish. And then immediately when this is all done, he says, go down to the seashore, get in the boat, and head to the other side. I'll meet you there. That's a scary proposition to some people. Because we want Jesus to be with us everywhere we go, to do everything we do. I don't want to be anywhere without Jesus. And yet, how many times do you feel alone? How many times have you felt? Where, how many times have you asked the question, where's God in all of this? What is going on here? How, am I end, how did I end up in this kind of a mess? We... We, we fall into these areas where we think Jesus is nowhere around. And I want to point out that he, after, after uh, feeding all of these people and working this miracle, immediately he tells his apostles, you go, I'm staying here. You go, get in the boat, head over to the other side. And let me ask you another question. Does Jesus know everything? Yeah, he knows everything. So he knew a storm was coming. 
And he still said, get in the boat, go to the other side, I'll meet you over there. Let me tell you something, when Jesus says, I'll meet you in heaven, I don't care what happens between now and then, you keep walking, you'll make it. When he says, I will meet you on the other side, my friend, set your face toward heaven, and no matter what storm blows, keep going. Praise God. Listen. Don't think just because God does something great in your life, it's always going to be great. Don't think that. Because he sent them away alone. Also, don't think just because God is in your life that he is going to fix all your problems. Because he doesn't. I've been in this for a long time. And I've faced a lot of problems. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's been some of them that I felt like God said, figure it out. If you fall, I'll pick you up. But I gave you a brain. Use it. Figure it out. Here's my word. See what you can find in there. <laughs> you ever been there? Jesus, where are you? I'm, I'm up here in heaven. Yeah, but I'm down here in trouble. Figure it out. I'll meet you in heaven. I'll meet you when you get to the other side. <laughs> We come to God sometimes thinking God's going to fix everything, don't we? How many times have you heard me preach that we have seen people come in looking for God to fix their problem, and when He doesn't do it fast enough, they are off looking for the next thing to fix their problem. I'm here to tell you, we need to serve God, not because He fixes our problems, but because He's promised us an eternity in heaven. Not only did He not fix their problem... But he sent them into the boat to cross the stormy sea alone while he stayed back on the secure dry land. <laughs> you know what's awesome about God? He's always in a safe place. <laughs> he is never in trouble. God is never in trouble. And yet, how many times do we feel like he is fine, I'm in trouble? And he's nowhere around. The Bible says he sent them alone while he stayed back on the dry land, dismissed the crowd, and then went to have a prayer meeting while they were out struggling on the sea. Interesting, isn't it? Have you ever wondered in your life, where's God? Have you ever looked around your circumstances and say, where is God? I'm going to tell you something and listen carefully because this is life. My friend, it does not matter where God is. He's okay. What matters is, where are you? Are you in the boat he told you to get in? I don't care how stormy it is. Don't get out of it. Are you on the sea he told you to cross? I don't care how big the waves are. Stay on that sea. The problem is not where's God. The question is, where are you? Because if you're where he told you to be, he knows where you are. And he will come at the right time. Now listen to this. I'm going to try to get as far as I got to this morning so that my sermons line up. Because we're now live streaming both sermons. So we'll see. But I don't think I'm going to get to where I got to this morning. But who cares, right? 
I'm not going to worry about all that stuff. I, I, that's too much for my brain to handle. I'm just going to preach. The Bible tells us, Mark also tells this story. Mark tells us that it was the fourth watch of the night when Jesus finally showed up. Now, in case you don't know what fourth watch of the night means, I'm going to give you a quick Jewish time clock lesson. There are, uh, there are four periods of night, four periods of day, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., 9 to 12, 12 to 3, 3 to 6. Those are the four periods of the day. Then you have four watches at night, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., 9 to midnight, midnight to 3 a.m., 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. is the fourth watch. The Bible says that it was the fourth watch when Jesus finally showed up. Fourth watch. That means, and I'm going to read you, well, let me read it to you. This is Mark's version. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up into the mountain to pray. Isn't that nice? He sent us out in the storm. He's off on the mountainside praying. I'm dying, and he's having a prayer meeting. Bible says, he went up on the mountain to pray, and when evening came, now evening comes at 6 p.m. That's when evening comes, 6 o'clock at night. They were in the fourth hour of the watch before Jesus shows up, so that means they had been at this all night long. Because at 6 p.m., when evening came, the Bible says, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on land. And you ready for this? I'm reading from Mark chapter number uh, 6, in case you want to check my credibility. In verse 48... It says, evening came at 6 o'clock p.m. The boat was out on the sea. He was alone at land. And at 6 o'clock p.m., he saw that they were making headway painfully. <laughs> 6 p.m. The first watch. They immediately walked away from a miracle into a difficult situation. And sometimes we think when something great happens, it's going to stay great. And I'm here to tell you, the rain comes and the rain goes, but it'll be back again. And if it's anything like July in New York, it might stay for a while. But it's not raining right now. But that doesn't mean it's not going to rain again. It's going to rain again. Six o'clock at night, the Bible says he sent them out and they were alone on the, sea, uh, on the sea and he saw that they were making headway painfully because the wind was against them. I may have ever felt like the wind of life was against you. Hmm? The wind of life was against you. Painfully they were making their way, the wind of life was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, the first watch of the night, 6 p.m., he saw them painfully making their way. About the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He finally came four watches later. 
12 hours later, somewhere between 3, they had been at this since 6 p.m. It is now somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. And they have been fighting the battle all night long and ready to drown at any moment. And he has not been anywhere to see. But the Bible says about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Now I want to wrap this up today by saying this. I want to point two things out here. Number one, verse 48. He saw them. He was not with them, but he saw them. Just because you can't feel him in your life right now does not mean he doesn't see you. Just because things are going wrong and they seem to have gone wrong a long time ago and they're still going wrong doesn't mean he doesn't know exactly where you are. He saw them. And John the Apostle John writes, he says here that when Nathaniel, you know, Nathaniel was Philip's brother, and Philip went and got Nathaniel and said, You got to come and see this guy. And that's what we ought to be doing with our lives. We ought to be going to get people. You need to come and see this. See what? See Jesus. You need to see, you need to feel the presence of God with you. You need to be in here with us. We should be out trying to get somebody to come with us. Nathaniel went and got, uh, I'm sorry, um, Philip went and got Nathaniel. The Bible says that when Nathaniel, this is John chapter 1, the Bible says that when Nathaniel started was just coming to him, he wasn't even there yet, Jesus looked up and he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Jesus knew him already, and he knows you already. And Nathaniel looked at him and he said, Number one, how do you know, how do you know me? How do you know my name? How do you know me? Listen to this answer. Jesus said to him, Philip, he said, before Philip even called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what stormy sea you're on. I don't know what difficulty you're going through. I don't know what storms are blowing in your life that make you feel like you are all alone right now. But Jesus sees you. Sees you. He sees exactly where you are. He sees exactly what you're going through. But, and I close with this. I don't know if this is a bad note to close on. Just because he sees you does not mean he comes immediately. He watched them from 6 o'clock at night battling and waited till sometime between 3 and 6 in the morning to show up and calm the storm. My friend, he won't let you drown. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep living for God. Keep coming to church when you don't feel it. Keep lifting your hands when it feels like you've got shackles on them. Keep raising your voice when you feel like you're hoarse and your voice is gone and there's no praise left in you. Keep going to your knees when your knees are calloused over and they, it hardly makes any sense to your, your human thinking anymore. You keep doing it because when you need it, Jesus 
is going to show up. And that's where we're going to pick it up next week when Jesus finally shows up. Let's stand together today. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.